We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here in the studio at One Jets Drive, joined by Jets defensive line coach Aaron White Cotton. Year two for you and the coaching staff. What's different out there this spring? Um, we're starting with a base now. You know, for the most part, we got some new faces here and there, but for the most part, guys, I'm using vocabulary. I'm using terms i'm using techniques and guys it clicks quicker it's like this is what he means and then there's some carryover too eric like the guys who've been there can put their arm around the guys who are brand new to be like hey this is what he means you know or like hey don't listen to the tone this is what he means you know so it's it's been really nice to kind of feel like um you're not starting over from scratch you're not um beginning a whole new scheme again it's it's now we're able to build on that kind of stuff and get a little bit more to the next level, the 301, the 501 level. How difficult is it for the big guys, the guys that you're coaching up here during the spring when you're out there without pads on and you're not doing any team run activities? I, I'm sure to a certain extent they like that because yeah. they're not getting beat up. Um, so what what we've tried to really do, Eric, is make it make – it, um, like a positive in that we get so much extra work on our own that we can get farther ahead, that we have even more time to drill work and be like really, really detailed with the stuff that maybe gets lost in translation when you're watching 30 team plays that, you know, the the guys at all levels of the roster are able to get really, really detailed individual coaching. I think that's really is what's gonna help. And, and the positive side of it too is, I got a group of guys that works really hard and gets after it. So we do some conditioning on our own, like real live um, play type conditioning, and they take to it. They're not they're not shying away from it. Um, we have really good attendance, and it's been it's been really fun to watch them work. What are you stressing? What are you emphasizing in terms of technique here out the spring? The same thing that we'll stress whenever we get to game one of the preseason, game two of the preseason, game, violence and effort. I just those two things will never, ever, ever change for us. Violence and effort, violence and effort. Now, the technique part of it, like this this hand placement here, this step, this footwork, that stuff, that, that stuff is all nuanced things that you add into the game that you're talking about. But at when you're down in those in that area, in the trenches down there, some of that stuff kind of goes out the window, especially if you play with violence and effort. What changes for young guys? when they step onto an NFL field. I've heard from multiple coaches when you're talking about pass rush that, yes, you can beat guys in college maybe with one move, but it really doesn't begin in the NFL until you develop those counters. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, Eric, is um, one conversation I have with all new guys that are coming from college is, like, you were probably the man at basketball at your school and baseball and track and football, you were all state and you were five star and you were this and you were that. But guess what? Everybody else in here was too. And so was that offensive tackle you're going against. So you ain't playing some bum who's going to work at Bank of America next week. Like you're playing a real dude who does this for a living trying to feed his family. So you better have your A game, you know? And it's not like I'm the best guy, I just show up and beat everybody. And that's what gets a lot of young guys in trouble. And and luckily the two young young men that we've added through the draft, they've taken right to that and they understand like that this is not a game. Like like I said, that's another grown man across from you who's got a wife and kids. And if you beat him, they don't eat. 
that's that's real that's that's real competition should we start with some of the free agent additions solomon thomas was were you in san francisco right with him yeah that's a former top five pick what do you know about solomon i know that um there is not another guy that you can talk about with effort this he he elevates everybody around him because the way he plays the game his intellect he knows the game um very well the guy plays you want to talk about violence and effort he plays with violence and effort and and that shows throughout like you see that solomon is not a like really huge guy he's not a 300 plus pound guy but he plays down in there in the a and the b gap with those guys because of the way he attacks and the way that he plays the game and on top of all that is add all those things in the other his talent what he brings to the room and the way that he approaches and plays the game there, there's not another guy that you could say like i'd like for this guy to take my daughter to the prom like that's the kind of man that he is so having that like Solly's just like the complete package for us this scheme familiarity how huge is that it's awesome it's awesome we're watching stuff right now eric We'll, we'll go in there and we'll watch some tape and Solly's on it from 2019 or 2020. Some stuff that I pulled from 19 stuff. I pulled from 20, whatever stuff I pulled from him in Vegas because he knows what's expected and he's been a part of it and he knows. And now for him and really Eric is just getting back into that vocabulary and some of the slight changes in techniques that he was, that was different for him last year. And, and he's really hit the ground running with it's been awesome. What do you guys like about Jacob Martin? He's coming off a career year in Houston, um, obviously coming to a new system right now. The explosion off that, uh, he flashes that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, we're attack. We'll always be attack. Ode to Jim Washburn and Chris Kasurik, we will always be attack. We will get off the rock. And I think like when you look at Jake, that's really what he does. That's He does a great job of that. So why not, like it's a way for him to flourish. And I think he's really excited about being here and we're excited to have him because those, those explosive traits, like explosion is the number one thing we're looking for. And Jake's got it. Jermaine Johnson, what was draft weekend like for you guys? You get Garrett Wilson at 10 and before that it was sauce Gardner, of course. And you might be sitting there as a defensive line coach, but like, Hey, Robert, <laughs> Joe, yeah, Jermaine's still on the board. What was draft night like for you? Uh, every year it's stressful because in my opinion, we should take seven D linemen every year. <laughs> so I don't care about any other position. I'm trying to, I have such conviction about a certain, you know, one, two, three, four, five guys. We got to have this guy. We got to have this guy. Go get him, go get him, go get him. And they're, you know, those guys, that's why they're big picture view. And I'm just very small picture view because I'm miserable the whole time if we don't get every single guy that I love. And luckily, man, we came out with two that I absolutely love. And um, I think, for the organization they're going to see why you know the fans especially the organization those who follow jets football why we really love these guys robert sala said in terms of fit what you guys run wide nine and also just being um the most pro ready pass rusher he, he was the top for you guys the top of the board yeah we just felt like eric that jermaine um Jermaine has good pass rush instincts and pass rush hands, something that can be developed. But when when he shows that, he demonstrates that on his college tape before he gets there, it feels like you don't have as far to go, you know, where you go, you find a guy who is strictly just winning off speed around the edge versus versus um, God bless him tackles that aren't going to be NFL players. 
well, then you, now you have to work at them and just really, really fine tune those guys and teach them how to use their hands and teach them how to tie their hands and feet together. That's a whole different ball game. And that sets you back, not in a negative way. It just takes more time. Whereas Jermaine, we felt like, man, this guy already knows how to use his hands and pass rush. He already knows like his hands and feet are already kind of tied together. It makes it makes it easier for him to acclimate to to the pass rush in the NFL, which is still hard. It's still really hard. It's still going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough for everybody who's a rookie this year to rush the passer at an effective rate. But he's got a chance to make strides quicker. So he's got the physical skill set. Um, and you liked what you saw on tape. He was dominant at Florida State. He did some good things at Georgia. He just wanted more of an opportunity and everything checked out. But with all that being said, what was so important what was clicking on that visit? He made a pro day visit here. He visited 30 teams. He said this yeah. by far was his best visit. I don't know. You just have to ask him. I thought it, <laughs> I thought it went good. Yeah. You know, we. Um, uh, I'm a straight shooter, you know, and it's just like, hey, Jermaine, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to roll. We think you fit perfectly in this. Can you do this, 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 and this? He said, yep, and it was good, and we're good. And we got along, and there was good good communication and good um, a good vibe. I think I spoke the language that – that he is down for the way we like to play. Um, and if I was coming out, I would want to play in our front too, but that's just me personally. Um, and I'm 100% biased. So I think between all that stuff, I think it just, it was a good visit and, and add into like all the support staff, how they make everything so smooth for those guys, the operations staff, everyone in, in travel. Then the, he goes and meets with coach. Um, then he meets with Brick and then he meets with, you know, and so all those things, I think if you have two or three bad experiences out of some of that, then it, it don't matter what what I have to do. Plus, he don't really get a choice anyways. If we want him, he's coming here. But all that being said, him having good vibes about us and him, us having good vibes about him made it made an easy choice. How about Michael Clemens? He really flourished that past year at Texas A&M, his final year. Violent dude, big dude. What do you yeah. like about him? Violent. That's it, man. Like, that's my kind of guy. Um, Mike, Mike goes in there every, every down and like there's times in walkthroughs like, Hey dog, you gotta chill out, you know, like it's walkthrough. And that's, I love that. It's better to pull him back, you know, than have to tell him to giddy up. So, um, the violence that he plays with the mentality that he plays with matches perfectly to our front and our scheme. That that's what really drew me to Mike on top of his physical abilities. Um, his intensity to learn the game, all that stuff is is 100% there. But the violence, I'm all about that. What makes Carl Lawson unique? Uh, I tell everybody who was wanted to know anything about the Jets last year out of training camp, he is by far the best player on the field. But from your perspective, a guy who's teaching him in the room, he, yeah. he, he, uh, he even for a professional, he seems to me like he's got a unique approach. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say the number one thing, he is so internally driven to get the most out of his body, his skill set, whatever God has blessed him with. He is so internally driven to get all that. It's constant information grab. He's looking all over the league, trying to find something. Then when he gets on the field, he demonstrates it. And and Carl's so unique in that way of just his drive and his passion for the game, his passion to grow and and still be process oriented with it. Like if Carl doesn't get something right away. It's not like he just throws it in the trash and moves on. Like he keeps working, it keeps working, it keeps working at it, but he keeps working at it at 100 miles an hour, which gosh, you can't ask for another guy like that. You know, I'll get texts from him randomly about stuff like, hey, what do you think about this? And he's just, he's, the the wheels are always turning. He's always thinking about ball. 
and and it's a it's a dream come true for me. How can he change the dynamic up front? Who, Carl? Yeah. Um, I I think the well, the number one thing is I think you could feel it last year in training camp. Carl elevates people on the field around him because of the way that he practices and the way that he plays. I, I think you know we have a group that plays like that, and then we add more pieces to it and more pieces to it, like Carl coming back that guys see like, oh my gosh, like this is the way to approach it. I think it's only gonna like it's gonna it's gonna force guys to grow with that. It's gonna force guys to match that intensity or they get left behind. And that's really what this, you know, when Coach Wash started this years ago, it started on that competitive, nasty mentality where everybody's pushing one another to towards a common goal of Super Bowl. And Carl is like the perfect example of that, of a guy. And let's be honest, Eric, like coming out, fourth round pick, people still doubt him to this day and all he does is keep process oriented drive process oriented drive he just keeps on going it's 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 incredible for the other people to see WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. How much do you guys stress coming at people in waves? Because Robert's been asked a number of times about how many reps or how many snaps did Quinn and have in this game or a few other guys. And he'll automatically say that, hey, listen, we want guys when they're in there yeah. to go 100 miles per hour. Yeah. That, you can play 55 plays a game in this front. But you can't run to the ball, sprint to the ball. I'm not talking about run. I'm talking about sprint. Wide open, Usain Bolt, get your butt down the field and go touch the ball carrier. You can't do that 50 times in a game. After, now let's let's rewind this. I'm talking about running 50 yards to the ball and touch the ball carrier down, tackle, come in there with a nasty finish. After you just set an edge on a 300-pound man, 50 times in a game, you you're you're we've done studies of this over and over and over it's like diminishing returns so what we try to do eric is we just try to keep throwing guys at waves throwing them in waves throwing them in waves throwing them in waves and the reason for that is when we get to the critical moments of the game it's third and eight from the eight and we got to get a stop in the red zone quinnon should be fresh so i'm like go quinnon it's your time to shine you know we have to have him ready for that moment because if we give if we give up four yards on first down at the minus 20, all right, we'll be okay with that. But if we don't have third and eight from the eight, our best rushers in there to go finish the game, then then we're, we're kidding ourselves. So we need to have that a little bit of um, rotational value. And, and that's where I say, like, we got to have eight starters. And that's where I'm going with, I, I think we should draft seven D linemen every, <laughs> every year. We got to have eight starters. So I'm counting on guys when, when we draft – a guy, John Marshall in the sixth round. When we draft a guy, Michael Clemens in the fourth, like I'm looking at this guy like this guy's playing in games a significant amount. He's not the third string quarterback. This dude is playing. So he has to meet these expectations and he's got to rise to that to that occasion when he gets that opportunity to play because he's going to get significant snaps. And if those significant snaps stink, he ain't going to be around very long. So it's a way for us to keep keep everybody fresh, keep everybody at their best, but also, too, that requires good players that we have on our team to be able to do that. 
Yeah, one of those good players I think that we probably overlooked here this offseason, not you guys here internally, is John Franklin Myers. How big is his versatility? And with the additions that you guys have made this offseason, how maybe even more effective can he be? I, you know, I, he's got to be more effective. All right. There's just a, there's no two ways about it. And he would tell you the same thing. He's got to be more effective. I thought he had a good, a, a solid year last year, did some good things, but he's got to be, he's got even more. We got to get more out of him. And I think um, having more parts and pieces around him, like, I'll give you an example. There was a game where we had COVID issues, we had injuries, we had some stuff going on. And John played like 50, 54 plays or 55 plays. Well, there was a stretch of about seven, eight, nine plays in there. He was absolutely gassed, yeah. had played too much, and he wasn't as effective. Well, shoot, that's on me to rotate better. That's on us to take care of the stuff that we got to take care of off the field. And then so that when he's in there in those 40 plays, those 35 plays, whatever it is, that we're getting more out of him. So now we can put him inside the rush. He can play outside on first and second down. We can do some different things with John because of that versatility. I think it's going to be great. And 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 he has 100% responded to that all offseason. His attitude is fantastic, um, and, and I'm excited to see how he grows. What's Quinn and Williams' next step? Uh, one of the most talented, young, defensive interior players in the National Football League, but what is next for him? Um, you know, Eric, I, I'm not the one to put numbers on people or put he's got to do this to be this. Quinn just has to be the best version of himself, and um, and I think – we're we're starting to see more and more of that every day. He is definitely his internal motivation continues to grow. He's always been internally motivated, and we're seeing that from him. We're seeing a little bit more step up from him vo vocally in the room, all that sort of stuff. And it's year four now. Okay, now it's starting to come together even more. He's one hundred percent healthy, which has been able to kickstart him in this offseason. He's he's got he's got to grow and he's got to get better. It's my job to help him and he's embraced every opportunity to get better this offseason. How much can a reinforce back end help you guys up front because oh. you got those additions at the cornerback position, safety's head, a makeover as well. And I always talk about, hey, not only frontline players are you guys getting better, but the depth is getting better at all these spots. Yeah, you know, I'll let those coaches and, and Brick and Sala talk about each individual piece. I just see some really good football players that have got added to this group. And hey, they buy us an extra hitch. It's our responsibility to get there. And that's what those guys can do because they're good football players being coached by good coaches. And they get that quarterback to hitch and hitch and hitch. Now we got to do our job and put them down. You played college football at South Carolina right. back in 2000. 2000. Spurrier? No, this is Lou Holtz. Oh, this is Lou. This is Lou. What's your favorite Lou story? Oh, my gosh. Um, probably the best one, Eric, is uh, we were playing Tennessee. I, I want to say it was my redshirt freshman year. And, like, this is Tennessee, like, Albert Hainsworth, John Henderson, like, dudes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, and, the, and I, I want to say, shoot, four or five years in a row – Carolina had not beaten Tennessee, all right? And it had been very one-sided. This was Phil Fulmer years. They were still they were still rolling. They were blue blood. Yeah. So uh we're playing Tennessee and we and and this is like, you know, my first year was the the year that we were able to go to the Outback Bowl and do some things where coach really started to turn the program around. And we had gotten some momentum going into that game 
and uh, felt good about like the places that we were going. So the day before the game, we're in the team meeting room and everybody just kind of sits there in the team meeting when coach, you know, we're, we're waiting on coach because it's like, like coach was like a celebrity. You know, he was our, our coach, but he's also our celebrity too. It's like, um, he could pretend like he knows who I am, but I know he don't know who I am, you know, because he's like, he was like, the, he was the CEO celebrity of the team. So we're all just sitting there. But when you heard that kind of door click, you knew he was about to come in. He kind of waited till everybody got sat down and settled. And everybody just kind of like got up in their chair and it gets like super silent. Well, this dude walks in in a full Tennessee uniform, helmet, jersey, shoulder pads, everything. And mind you, coach is not that big, but he's full decked out Tennessee uniform. And everybody is just kind of shocked. And like, there's some snickers, there's some laughs, like, why is he doing this? He's wearing another team's colors. And he's like, it's been five years. I don't want to do an impression of him, but he's like, it's been five years. What's so scary about this? Is anybody can anybody tell me why this is so scary? Is anybody this it's so scary? Tennessee, like this color, this hat, this ain't scary. You know, it kind of goes off onto like, what what is what is like you see me and he's not an imposing guy, and I'm wearing this jersey. Does it make him any scarier? It was kind of his point to it. Mm-hmm. And at, at, once he started his shtick and doing all that, everybody's dying laughing. It was it was a good like serious icebreaker to the lead up to the game. Fast forward. You guys take care of it. Oh, we got these dudes beat. They called a fake punt and, uh, excuse me, a fake field goal, I believe it was. A fake field goal. The snapper takes the ball. He rolls out. Dude is wide open, game-winning touchdown. He starts, he gets a little bit of pressure. He short arms the ball. It bounces a yard in front of the guy. We've lost the game. Oh, my God. Yeah. We would have won the game. Hey, did they do sandstorm at the time? No, that was a little after oh, us. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was a little after us. So, so what's the story? You, first off, how do you get to the defensive side of the ball? I know it's line play, but you played yeah. center in college. Yeah. So right after college, I kind of messed around a little bit, messed around like not not doing good enough in school. So it took me a little bit. All right, I finished college. And now you finished at NC Charlotte, right? Yes, right. I went back home to Charlotte because I'm from Charlotte. Yep. So I finished at Charlotte. And I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, I worked for my dad for a while. Our family's in construction, so I'm doing that. Um, kind of messing around, trying to figure out what I want to do. And then I just decided, like, I just missed ball. I really missed it bad. And I had to figure out a way to get back in. So I went back to my old high school and talked to the, the um, AD at the time, was the same AD when I was in school. So I just said, hey, Coach Cluis, anything I can do in the football program, just let me know. Like, I just, I, I got to be around football somehow, some way. So he goes and talks to the head coach. Head coach calls me and he's like, hey, you want to come over and just talk and hang out? I'm like, sure. So I go over there and uh, we're, we're sitting there talking. He's like, look, like, I got an O-line coach I feel really good about um, that I think is good, but um, we don't really have a D-line coach. What's your experience? And I was like, well, my redshirt freshman year, I was a blocking dummy for D-line the whole day. And I heard, and I heard, and our D-line coach at the time was Charlie Strong. Yes. So I heard every single coaching point that this guy made. And I latched onto it. I remembered everything kind of, you know, and Coach Strong was really good to me when I was there. So he said, well, are you down? I was like, yeah, I'm down. So I started coaching D-line that year and stayed there for four or five years, kind of moving up the ranks, doing like doing some different jobs on defense. But that's how it started. And ever since, I've never coached offense in my life except for one year.
WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. That's fascinating. But then you jumped to college, right? For one year, I went to New Mexico State. So Yeah. What was what brought you to New Mexico State? So here, there's a Jet-centric story. All right, I love it. So... Oh, by the way, we got to get to one of your son's names. Yeah. 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 That's, he's the man. Um, is I, I got to a point in high school ball, Eric, where I was like, Man, I think I, I think I want to do this. Like, I think I think this I, I want this to be my life. And um, so the big thing in college football is this coaching convention, the AFC a coaching convention. Every year it goes to different cities and coaches from all over high school, college. I think some pro guys go there at times. If the season's not done yet, I can't remember how it works out now, but that's like, it's like the Mecca and all these guys are speaking. And it's like urban Myers up there speaking. And this guy's up there speaking. This is like at the height of their coaching careers. Um, uh, Kevin Sumlin. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. who else I see. I pulled up one year and Nick Saban comes up in his limo and gets out with security details. But it's like all the heavy hitters come and speak. But so you paid for your way out. There. So I paid for my way out there and I'm just like anybody I can meet. Um, let's let's go. And I say, hey, listen, here's my name. Here's my contact information. And if you I'll do anything, just let me know. I'll do anything. So I meet these just randomly. I'm watching the um, I'm watching the national championship game. And I meet these two guys who are junior college coaches in California. And it's basically like. Hey, are you sitting here? Nah, the seat's open if you want to sit next to us. So I sit down, have a beer. I just start talking to these guys, whatever. And they're like, hey, we're about to go meet this guy that we know that coaches college. He comes and recruits our area. I'm like, all right. He's like, do you want to come? These guys are good guys. We're getting along. Sure, I ain't got nothing else to do. So we go over there. The dude they went to meet was Rudy. Mike Rutenberg. Mike Rutenberg. That's so, linebacker coach. So – we we talk and I throw the same thing at him. We talk for a minute. I say, hey, look, I don't know what you guys got going on out there in New Mexico State. I'll do whatever. I don't care. And I probably hit him with a hundred emails, a hundred text messages, all you know, anybody. I wrote a letter to every coach in the in college football. I'll do whatever. At one, at some point, he probably felt bad for me. At some point, Rudy passed my name on to the head coach and the coordinator. They asked me if I could come out there. I was like, yes, I'm fired up. Let's go. I'm like, all right, well, let us know when you can make it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we can't pay for you to come out here. So I found a way, like saved up some money and went out there, had a two-day interview, and I got a job as a GA. That's so, something else. That was it. And they, they you do that, but you do that for one year. Did it for one year. And then you break into the NFL. Uh God's grace only, Eric. Like there's this this story can't this can only be explained by that. So the head coach was Dwayne Walker. All right, Dwayne Walker was the one agreed to take me on. A great man who was a mentor to Rudy, and like I said, Rudy Rudy helped me get connected to him. Got out there, we worked together that year. Well, after that season, 
I think – I don't know exactly what his motivation was, but I think Coach needed something different. And he got a call to be the DB coach for the Jaguars. So he took it. So now – I'm there and waiting to see who the head coach is going to be. I'm a GA. I ain't making squat, but I was all right. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was alive. I was, I was still eating and drinking. Right. Yeah. So, um, then word comes quick. Rudy's going to be his assistant. Great. Deserved. Like they've been together for a really long time. I get it. Well then like two weeks later, three weeks later, out of the blue, take that back two months later out of the blue, I get a call from the defense coordinator in Jacksonville. Between Rudy and D-Walk, they gave me enough recommendation that he calls and he says, hey, we have this defensive uh, assistant position open if you want to come interview. Like, heck yeah, I want to come interview. Went out there on the interview. The third day I was there, Coach Gus Bradley offered me the job, and that was it. So what was Robert Sala like at Jacksonville and San Francisco compared to now, because obviously he's holding different positions, and, and and I know you are who you are. Yeah. But 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 what was it like for you to be watching him while you're developing, and he was developing as well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing Eric was going from from knowing him in Jacksonville, like as a peer, you know, and just and he did a great job. Like we had we had a good defense. He did a great job as the linebackers coach, but he, he wasn't daily up in front of the team. He wasn't daily up in front of the defense. So I get to San Fran and now coaches in this like leadership position where I walk in the first day, I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? But then you see him in a different light of he's leading the whole side of the ball. He's making decisions. He's got, you know, that was like I saw from the moment that we parted ways. I went to Buffalo and he went to San Fran. I saw some I saw so much growth in him to where I showed up in San Fran and it was uh, such a more like such more of a leadership role that he was in that I had not seen him in before because I was never in his room. Right. And and it was just cool to see like, wow, like he's doing a great job. This is amazing. You know, he's leading this whole side of the ball. We're good on defense and and he's the guy running the ship and and coaching everybody up in the meeting every day, leading the staff meetings and all that stuff. I had not seen him in that light and it was cool to see. So from here, it was more of just like even more global picture of what I saw when I first got to San Fran. How much do you, as somebody on his coaching staff, enjoy the way he relates to the players and the way he gets his messages out in those meetings? Um, yeah, I love it. I think I think it's um, it was a it was like a really a blessing for me to be to work for coach Gus Bradley because I think so, coach Saul learned a lot of that from him but also too like coaches put his own spin on it so to see those two styles kind of merge like coach put his spin on it and Gus have his style and seeing like oh like that's Gus but that's that's new that's that's all Saul like he made that up yeah that kind of stuff is cool for me to see like how that interaction happens how the leadership happens how he um interacts with the guys differently like Gus was always very interactive with the guys, but Sala interacts with them differently in a positive way. And I thought just seeing that, like, again, that that evolution and that growth in coach from when we were, you know, down the hall in the office to when he's in the big office and to an even bigger office, it was it was really cool. And speaking of really cool, how much are you looking forward to after you get a little break, you get 
Uh, you had the veteran mini camp right now. We're taping this in the middle of voluntary OTAs, but you get a little bit of break, get a chance to walk away. And by the way, we didn't cover this, but, yeah. but you, you do have you. Uh, how many kids do you have? And one of them is named Jack, correct? We, we have four. Yeah. Our, our our oldest boy, his name's Jax. Our second boy, who was born in Buffalo, just Jet fan, so you know, and we named him Jet yeah. while we were in Buffalo. And then so our, cool. our little girl, Lila, and our, our training camp 2021 baby, Lorelai. What do you have planned? Just hang out with them. Yeah? Yeah. We'll go to the beach. Um, my kids love the beach. We'll just go hang out with them and just spend as much time as my with you know, my wife, who's my best friend, and the four kids. That's that's my whole plan. Look at you. And uh, how exciting is this uh, in terms of the roster additions that you guys have made, the scheme familiarity, where you guys are as a staff, the sense something is building here? Um, the first thing I sense is being really thankful, Eric, just to have the opportunity that Coach gave me to be here, um, that all the things that God has blessed us with, this opportunity is is amazing. So I'm thankful for that and wake up every day thankful. Um, and then just that, like you said, that familiarity. Um, I get to do, Eric, I get to do something with this front every day that I believe in. Like I'll, I'll go to my grave believing that this is the way to do it. I, I clearly, clearly, clearly understand that there's other ways to do it that are successful and that are good and that are different. And I respect those ways, but what, what we do, I just, I, when I first kind of like learned about it, when I first watched that tape of them doing it, I fell in love with it. And it's exciting to be able to pour into that every single day because I believe it in my core. There will be no read and reacting for no. any of Aaron no. White Cotton's no. defensive linemen no. in 2022 or at any point no. after that. Thanks no. for coming by. Yeah, they put me in the grave before that.